Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So, hope everyone is having a good January so far, and everyone is somewhat kind of getting out for walks, a little bit of movement, kind of improving their relationship with food. I'm not trying to do stupid shit with their diet, which is, and I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna do another episode. I have a podcast or a post in my head at the minute. I'm just trying to kind of verbalize it and figure it out in my head at the minute of what it actually means when you say i'm being good on a diet what it actually truly means so i'm just trying to figure out and write that out at the minute of trying to get that out of my head and being able to kind of put it into words and put it into actual one of those carousels that you see on social media which is kind of like the the slides so today's episode is an episode that I've kind of wanted to do for a while. I just haven't got around to do it. I probably should have done it at Christmas, but we'll do it now anyway, better late than never. And it's going to be around and about the science of what happens when you overeat. And do you actually store all the calories you consume and and, and consume them as fat? Now, there's been an episode that I did a little while ago on can you gain one pound of fat in a day? And I'll link that in the show notes that you can listen to. And it's a really interesting topic. It's a really interesting conversation and it's quite sciencey, but it's broken down so that everyone can understand it. And I think what can happen is when people kind of potentially overeat, a lot of this kind of anxiety kind of dampens the actual spirit of the meal or if they've gone out for a meal, it can dampen that side of things. And then they kind of get a little bit stressed and they kind of, people can use language around themselves and kind of beat themselves up for something. And it actually makes me sad for to hear people on a, on a daily basis of how harsh and critical they are of themselves and how much anxiety people actually have around food. And this isn't me sitting from a place of, on an ivory tower or anything. My background is very, around food is very, very down to my parents. My parents were exceptional around food. They gave us vegetables on most meals. They kept us regular meals. They let us have the sweets that we wanted and not wanted, all these kind of things, but they didn't punish us or didn't reward us with these different things. And that's, I have to keep hand, hold my hands up. My parents have done amazing work on that. And a lot of the things that, a lot of the things that kind of come from childhood, we watch our parents and then we listen to their language. Kids are like sponges when it comes to language around things. And if someone is coming from, say, a Slimming Club background or a Sins background, they haven't been provided the education and that's someone's parent, that's going to have a knock-on effect onto the next generation. So the next generation at the minute, I think, is hopefully going to be in a better position to be able to dissect what's bullshit and dissect what's going to actually help them and aid them and have a better relationship with food. Now, I'm not going to say everyone's going to be able to do that, but my job as an educator, as a personal trainer, as a nutritionist, is to try and dissect all the bullshit that's out there. So that, And there's so many so many kind of nutritional related issues that are out there and people are trying to be perfect all the time and by being perfect you're just going to slip up all the time because it's on it's on it's unrealistic expectations and the perspective that we need is the cure for for sure for the, the perspective is the cure for concern i'm going to talk about the impact the potential of one meal or one day of overeating will it actually ruin your body composition will it gain will it kind of turn into fat and i think some of the the kind of ideologies of christmas and stuff 
or Easter or birthdays and stuff, people can kind of get bogged down it. So one of the big questions that kind of comes in is how much fat can you to gain in in one day? So according to some of the research that's out there from the Calorie Control Council, kind of around Christmas, a typical holiday dinner kind of around kind of Christmas contain roughly around 3,000 calories. Although that's kind of more recent research is is kind of saying that's anywhere between 4,500 to 6,000 calories. And to put that into perspective, that is a lot more calories than the average person is potentially needing already. So generally the recommendation you hear is 2,500 calories for a man, 2,000 calories for a woman. Yeah, those recommendations are a little bit outdated because someone who a man who is six foot six and 120 kilos is not going to need the same amount of calories as someone who is five foot eight and only 74 kilos there's two very different things so that that whole thing is a little bit outdated but those calories are significantly higher than the body's needed but we also need and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while we're also a sum of our actions so what is the kind of the research is is kind of happening is if you overeat in one day will you result in you waking up obese the next day no so what could happen is you may gain some fat because that is what the body does with excess energy but it's not going to be as much as the kind of like the media puts it out there to scare you with or as much as the scale might tell you the next morning while there hasn't been enough research on and kind of investigating the impact on body composition on the impact of eating over in one day, a few studies have looked at the effects of weeks of overfeeding. So one of these studies is the mass one of these studies that they kind of talk about is the massively overfeeding subjects by about one thousand to three thousand calorie surplus per day. So if someone's needs around two thousand calories a day to kind of remain in and around remain the same weight consistently, what they're giving here is they're giving them potentially three to five thousand calories per day for up to eight weeks and this resulted in a gaining of about a third to half a pound of body fat per day and let's just say that you have you enjoy your christmas dinner and you end up eating about two to three thousand calories more than you need to maintain your weight what's realistically going to be the the outcome at the end of it maybe maybe at a push is it going to be a pound of adipose tissue now I'm going to get to the response of, but I gained six pounds overnight. True, but have you actually added six pounds of actual gravitational pull? But only half a pound that may be actual fat mass. It may be less, it may be more. And the remaining is going to be water weight. But when it comes to that additional weight and the scale increases in sodium, which is salt, carbohydrates, and the water storage could spike your weight by up to five to 10 pounds or more. And one of the experiments that I've got a couple of clients to do is if you want to see how fragile that weighing scales is, is get a pint, go onto scales fasted. All right, before you go into the, or after you go into the bathroom, before any water, before any food, step on the scales, see what that number is. Then what I want you to do in the next kind of hour or two is only just have a pint of water or have two pints of water. Then step back onto the scales and watch the number go up. You've done nothing wrong by having having two glasses of water or two pints of water. You've done nothing wrong. It's not fat gain. It's literally just water weight. That's how fragile the weighing scales is. So if we break it down even further with kind of like this spike that may have happened. So for every gram of glycogen, which is energy, it brings in with at least three to four grams of water. So if you would theoretically eat and store all of your 300 grams of carbohydrates you eat in one day, you would gain an additional 900 to 1200 grams of water. 
okay? What also happens is with sodium, which is salt, uh, pulls water into your cell, so it's kind of like a sponge, which is why when we kind of maybe eat large amounts of sodium can cause that water attention to ourselves. So if we kind of like a little bit more processed food or something, like that, like a pizza or a takeaway, there might be a little bit more salt in it, there might be a little bit more carbohydrates in it. That doesn't necessarily make them good or bad, but it's just making you aware that if you were to step on the scales afterwards or the day after, that that, that spike up may be water weight, it might be glycogen, it might be um, salt in the body. So a single high sodium meal could increase your whole body water stores enough to add several pounds to your body weight. That's not fat. That's just literally a spike up in water retention. So if you get a sponge and actually run it under the tap, that's essentially what has happened to your body. It's storing that water for you until you wring it out. That's exactly what's happening. What happens is this might increase your scale weight for a few days before your body gets rid of that through going to the bathroom you kind of having a little bit more water to kind of push that push that sodium out or whatever it may be and get ridding getting rid of the actual food and out of through fecal matter out of your body but a lot of people can freak out about that additional weight on the scale through not have never being taught about it and sometimes even the mirror can be a little, a little bit difficult to look into phrases like being bloated or i'm retaining water after a large meal high fat salty carbohydrate meal like a christmas dinner or a takeaway or even a pizza or fries can leave you to a lot of food in your stomach and you may feel a little bit more bloated the good news is that does normalize and that's a normal response to have that's normal to have that little bit more water retention that's normal to have that little bit more bloating in your stomach your body's consumed an awful lot of food in a very short space of time you've consumed more calories than your body's potentially able to process in short space of time you've done nothing wrong you've done nothing wrong if you got a a plastic bag and filled it up with rocks it's going to expand it's going to be you have more stuff in it but when it comes to our stomachs it can make us feel lethargic it can make us feel sleepy it can make us feel bloated but it will normalize in a couple of days. Your kidneys, your urine, your kidneys, which are your natural detoxification system in your body. So you don't need to go onto these one of these stupid detox teas that are out there. Your kidneys are doing that job for you. Your urinary system is doing that job for you and will excrete most of that extra sodium. Your carbohydrate stores will gradually return to normal and the food in your stomach will digest and be sent out in, as a stool sample for yourself. But until this occurs, you may be fooled into thinking of having that little light switch in your head saying, I've gained several pounds of fat before, even if you only go by the scales. But we need to understand why don't you get fat when you overeat? So why don't all of these extra calories you eat turn into kind of fat or adipose tissues? Well, your body is pretty clever. Your body is pretty adaptive piece of machinery that is quite amazing when you actually take a step, step back and look at how it actually functions. From how the body operates to changes in behavior, the effect of overeating is multifaceted and worth looking at in the bigger picture. And here are some things to actually consider when we kind of talk about it. So a lot of people don't realize what I'm about to say. And it's, it's, and it's not through miseducation, it just hasn't been taught to you. So with an increase in calories, you burn more calories digesting that food. 
that people that's gonna that's gonna baffle people right now so there is a caloric price that comes with actually eating more as with any of the calories you eat your body requires energy to, to digest absorb and actually process and metabolize that food so when we're having food our body is working in the background to process that food so it has to get that energy from somewhere to process and so it needs calories in order to do that so this cost is referred to as diet induced thermogenesis or what you might hear it is called as well is tef which means thermic effect of food so on average this accounts for about 10 percent of the calories you consume but may vary depending on the macronutrient balance and degree of processing of the foods you actually eat so if we look at it and break it down into the macros which are fats carbohydrates and protein so fat provides nine calories per gram and it's tef or its thermic effect of food is zero to three percent carbohydrates provide four calories per gram which is a tef of about five to ten percent and protein provides four calories per gram and its tef is 20 to 30 percent so when people are talking about the benefit another benefit of higher protein diets it keeps you fuller for longer because it takes longer for your body to process it your body has to work harder for it so it stays in your body for longer and it will reduce the impact reduce your hunger levels and increase your fullness levels so fat provides nine calories per gram and its tef is zero to three percent carbohydrates provide four calories per gram which is a tef of five to ten percent and protein provides four calories per gram and its tef is 20 to 30 percent so for an example it's a really really rough example off the top of my head if you were to consume a thousand calories you would on average burn about a hundred calories of those of those thousand calories just to fuel your body's digestion and storage now that's a really really rough example don't quote me on that and it'll be different from person to person etc 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 so another thing to bring in is some micronutrients are stored as fat more easily than others so as we saw from the previous example a calorie isn't just a calorie so dietary fat is the closest form to adipose tissues all right so they're actually pretty much the same molecules okay so making it a relatively easy process for the body to store excess dietary fat fat around your waistline so fat grams are either gets burned for energy or stored with a 90 to 95 percent efficiency rate according to some research now that doesn't mean we need to fear fat we still need to be in, in an excess surplus of calories in order to gain fat and then we look at carbohydrates and protein are less likely to be stored as adipose tissue the efficiency of carbohydrates to be stored as fat is estimated to be around 75 to 85 percent in some studies and an order of priority carbs are burned for energy and stored as glycogen burned off as heat or turned into fat so that's their order of priority one is burned for energy number two is stored as glycogen three is burned off as heat and four is turned into fat and then we look at proteins which are even less likely to be turned into fat in order of priority which is the number one thing for uh, for protein is used for protein synthesis and many other kind of metabolic processes number two burnt for energy and three turned into glucose or fat which very rarely happens so what i don't want people to latch on to on what i've said there is the whole element of that fats will turn into fat no, no no fat will not make you fat you still need to be in a calorie surplus but the food needs to go somewhere so the food 
that you're having needs to be processed, energy stored or excreted. And there are other processes in there as well. One of the big things that you need to kind of be aware of is you don't actually absorb every calorie that you eat. On average, roughly 95% of the calories you put in your mouth are absorbed during the digestive process. And what you may notice over time is the last time you took a number two, not every parcel you ate is entirely digested. Think of sweet corn. So if you were actually looking at your stool sample, look at the sweet corn that's potentially in that. Some foods, particularly those in higher fiber, which are like your veggies, your fruits, uh, whole grains, those sort of things, make their way through the digestive system without being completely broken down. Others, some of the higher fiber foods, especially those in the soluble variety, can prevent absorption of fat. So a good example here is whole almonds, okay? So because the fibrous shell of the almonds prevents much of the fat from being absorbed, your body only extracts about 70, 70 of the actual calorie count of these almonds. So say if you were to be, for example, you've got an almond or a couple of almonds for like 200 calories, for example, only 140 calories of that will be absorbed. So it's important to note that like you don't actually store all the calories you consume as fat. If you look at some of the newer studies that are kind of coming out is in fact, it's only about 39% of the calories that you consume get stored as fat. So your body isn't that efficient. And a few things impact the amount of fat that you will gain. The first being is the, the caloric availability of the food that you're actually having, i.e. or yeah, i.e. The, the, the kind of the amount of calories that your body actually extracts from the food. And this is largely br broken down into those macronutrients which I spoke about, whether it's protein, carbohydrates, fats, and protein and fiber in particular, they are hard to digest so they the body works a little bit harder to process those so from some studies the breakdown of those extra calories are left to look something like some of these numbers now don't quote me and don't this isn't the gospel according to shane these are some of the numbers that are out there so eight percent are used for a metabolic rate 14 so one four per, percent or 14 percent thermic effect of food and this will vary depending on the macronutrient breakdown of the actual food which i spoke about a moment ago 33 percent of net on non-exercise activity thermogenesis so this is also known as walking or moving or fidgeting or whatever it may be 39 percent gets stored as fat and four percent stored in other tissues so it's variable hugely variable from person to person to, and it's a very, very individual response in relation to energy expenditure. Some people move an awful lot more than others. Some people are a lot more sedentary than others. Some people eat a lot more than others. Some people do not eat a lot more than others. So it's really, really person dependent. But there's some of the breakdowns of the actual numbers that are out there. And so don't get too bogged down in those numbers. Just knowing that those extra calories that you consume don't all get stored as fat when it comes to it. So what can happen to people as well is when they've overeaten they'll generally eat probably a lot less the next day and this can kind of fall into kind of like the weekend side of things where people can eat a little bit more on the weekends and they tend to bank calories or save calories for the for the weekend and then they go very restrictive the next day now that wouldn't be encouraged if you think of your total calorie input like a, a like a, a weekly average like like with money 
like a, a, a kind of a total budget for the week and pick up what you're doing on average, you'll be in a hell of a lot better place. So how do you minimize the impact of the day of overeating in a healthy way? Because you don't have to abstain. You don't have to restrict from food or go on a detox or a juice fix or whatever it may be just because of one meal. You really, really don't. So focus on protein, fiber, and water. Remember that protein is the macronutrient that requires the most energy to digest relative to the energy it provides. And it is also very unlikely to be stored as fat. Not only does the protein have this advantage, but it's also the most satiating or the most filling of the macronutrients. And practically speaking, this makes it hard to overeat on protein. And some people can finish a 16-ounce steak quite easily, but it's less likely to happen that you're going to have a loaded food afterwards when you've had that high processed food. It's harder to digest. If you ever notice, sometimes people can um, find it harder to digest meat. They can, might get a little bit of uh, pain in their stomach or they might get uh, a little bit of a laxative effect for some people as well. So it can be hard to digest. And they're, those filling up on protein at meal times will really lead to being less likely that you'll overeat on the higher calorie sides of kind of like the, the desserts and stuff like that. So if you aim for, rather than aiming for a target of protein, it can help some people. <clears throat> but what I would recommend most people do is aim for three regular feedings of protein per day as a great starting point. So I know this could look like eggs for someone in the morning, then you're having your lunch and you could potentially have leftovers from the previous night and that could be something like a leftover chicken curry and then your dinner could be something like a salmon linguine or something like that. They're the first thing that come to my head. I've no idea. I think salmon linguine is in the fridge downstairs. I've no idea why that came into my head. Most random recipe I've ever heard of in my head. But this, what what else this also what what else can be promoted through satiety and it actually makes it easier to eat less foods. If we eat more foods full of fiber and water, uh, they're they're going to keep us fuller. But if we are someone who has potentially overeaten the night before and then we're going into this, I'm going to be good from now, you're not going to be good. You're going to restrict. That's two different things. A lot of people go for like a soup or a salad, typically low calories, low in volume, and then they'll potentially feel really hungry quite quickly. But if you just go back to your normal routine, aiming for your regular protein feedings, your regular water feedings as well. It doesn't mean that you have to abstain from things. It doesn't mean you can't, if you aim for the higher protein thing, the higher, higher foods, higher pro, fiber foods, you'll probably get back to it. Pressing reset is a, is a lot, lot easier for you. So I know this is kind of like an over, like this could be an overwhelming episode and you may need to listen to it a good bit. And the other thing that can help you with your digestion is kind of a little bit of exercise going for a walk could help to reduce that bloating can help to reduce that fatigue that mental fatigue can help you with your digestion so the stomach needs that needs a little might need a little bit of assistance getting that kind of food down from the into the stomach and out through the, the the bowels in order to go to the bathroom and exercise can help that okay so it's really really important so we need to look at it from a perspective of one meal won't make you fat. The occasional meal or occasional overeating 
episode won't make you fat. But if you are doing it continuously and it's equating to more calories than your body needs consistently, that will add up. It's kind of like if you continuously put in one euro into a jar you're gonna, and you look at it, save one euro a year, save one euro a day for a year, you're going to end up with adding up, adding up, adding up, and you're going to end up with a decent amount of, of coins at the end of the year. So if you ever look at what, when you have, if you have a change jar and you actually have that at home, put in your your loose change from from January and leave it there. So every time you get loose change, put it into it and you'll see what you're, see how it all adds up in December. And that's exactly what it's like. It's a continuous effort to do compounds over time. So even if the scales actually goes up, you know that it's literally impossible, nearly impossible to gain multiple pounds of fat overnight. It's potentially sodium, carbohydrates and water that causes that bloating or that and that additional water gain. And that will come off in time, going for a walk, getting back to what you had been doing. One meal won't derail you. It won't wreck your progress. The problem where it lasts is that people go from, I have messed up my diet, I've gone off track, so I might as well wreck the whole thing. That's where that is. And that's a, that's going into the all or nothing mindset of what the hell. That's not going to address anything. One meal in a week is not going to do anything. It really, really isn't going to have that much of an impact. If you have th- three main meals a day, 21 meals in a week, one meal is not going to have a massive, massive impact. If you think about it in terms of money, it's not the huge debit card or credit card purchase that bankrupted you. It's actually the small debits that compounded over time, those coffees, those clothes, those shoes, those bags, and ended up, added up, and you found yourself piled up and piled debt. But instead of focusing on the impact that one meal or one day will have on your body composition or health, step back and view things from a kind of a, a kind of a 30,000 foot perspective. Ultimately, you want to watch out for kind of like, are you eating out all the time? That's why people can find it quite easy to put on weight or in December because they're going out a lot more. That's why people find it a little bit easier in January to lose weight because people are a little bit more tight with their purse strings. They're not going out as often, so people can find it easier. And that's why people can struggle when things open back up in February, when they have the, the first paycheck after Christmas and they kind of life gets back to normal. That's why people can struggle. It's kind of feast, famine, and then back into feast people don't know how to deal with all that stuff they really really don't and i think we're also neglecting what these kind of like meals like christmas or easter or birthdays or whatever where the meals out the celebrations they're not just meant for eating loads of kind of like food they're also events they're major events and they emphasize the importance of family they emphasize the importance of relaxation they play a major role in our health and that aspect is mental health that we have people surrounding us that we love and cherish and we need to look at what being healthy is i'll always go back to simon hill this this sentence really 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 hit home with me is to eating healthy does not mean chicken and salad eating healthy means not impacting your relationship with food so if we think of what diet means it's not about restriction. It's not about that one meal will gain fat. It's not going to happen. It's important to look at it from a more holistic picture of what actually means to be healthy. For me, to be healthy, it means 
to have my mental health, which means that I want to try and get some exercise in, but also have my food that I enjoy, like my ice cream, but also stick into my regular meals. But the number one thing is my mental health. And if the rest of them are, are all fixed in, the rest knock on and that knocks on to people who I want to be around that knocks into my clients that knocks into my parents that knocks into my girlfriend all these different things so you're very unlikely to gain fat from one meal it's consistent effort will get you to gain fat just like consistent effort will get you to lose fat so if you've overeaten Remember, it's probably not gone to fat. It's potentially just a little bit of water weight, a little bit more water retention. That's why the scales isn't a great metric for a lot of people. The scales will only measure what you weigh. It will not take into account how much fat loss. Weighing scales, it only weigh what you weigh. Measurements, photos, energy, body composition. That's how your fat loss. That's a much better metric for you if you overeat press reset if you continue to go the way that you have with the whole ah, feck it, i might as well continue because i've undone my progress you haven't undone your progress the next step which you choose is a choice the next step that you choose is going to choose where you go and the direction you go is it going to be stay where you are is it going to go down to uh pressing reset and bring acting like the person you want to become or is it going to go back into the direction that you, you want to go because of one meal? One meal is not going to gain you fat. Remember that. We are a sum of our actions. Think of it like when you're saving for a house. You don't get the house in one paycheck. It's a sum of our actions. The exact same thing with gaining fat. It takes effort to gain fat. It may not seem like it, but it does. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have any questions on it, please pop me a DM. I'll pop in the show notes the episode that I was talking about um, in relation to gaining one pound of fat in a day and hopefully that episode has helped you. There's a lot of numbers, a lot of stats uh, in there so hopefully that has helped. If you're interested in working with me on a one-to-one basis, I have one space left open for January and I'm keeping the numbers small um, for January. Uh, so I don't get overwhelmed on the clients that I have come in, who have come in are flying it they're smashing it and it, it's interesting to see the where people are coming from and where they're going to go to now and some of the messages have come in from clients who recently fin- finished up in December some of the messages kind of came in like the transformation in the mind is more important to me than it is whatever the transformation of a six pack or whatever maybe that's and the, the impact it has on people's relationship with food themselves everyone wins when the mind is playing ball um so hopefully that makes sense i hope you enjoyed this episode please do leave a review please do tag me up on your stories please leave a review if you've enjoyed the episode pop me a dm so hopefully this episode makes sense if you have any questions let me know